0: Hello and welcome back to Recap Madness podcast, a podcast about TV by people who love TV. I am your host, Chara, and I'm here as always with my co-hosts, Mel and Crystal. And today we are continuing our deep dive into season two of Motherland Fort Salem with episodes five and six, Brianna's Favorite Pencil, and My Three Dads. Um, so before we get into those, let's do a little little recap of what happened in episodes three and four. Um, we left off there with the Imperatrix having pissed everyone off. Um, <laughs> Rael <laughs> Raell was subjected to more of the witch bomb testing. Alder's military propaganda tour didn't go as planned. Abigail and Adil's relationship imploded after she blamed him for the deaths of his people. And then Abigail was attacked by the Camarilla again. And Tally finally had enough of Alder playing with their lives and she confronted her about Nick de Baton.
1: (laughs)
2: She really did. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tally.
0: Tally had it officially.
2: <laughs> she went straight into Alder's territory. Right. In front she just of her. marched over <laughs> there. While Alder was enjoying a drink. This is the worst possible time. Her hair was down. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> she was, was in like, relaxed mode. This yes. is not the time to, to deal with youngins.
1: <laughs> and she was just like, like she'd already had a rough day. So it was just like, oh, here we go again. <laughs>
0: We know Alder is done for the day when her hair comes down.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So let's jump right into uh, episode three, which is titled Brianna's Favorite Pencil. What a name. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Especially when we find out why it's named that. <laughs> but um, this episode begins with Adil and Kalita. They're on their world tour, um, they're with General Sharma on a train in India. And the general is offering them a home there, but Kalita is skeptical of what they want in return um, for giving them a home, which I was happy to see this scene because, like, for a while there, I was thinking Kalita's problem was just with Alder personally. Mm-hmm. But it seems like it's with the military industrial complex as a whole.
2: Yeah. You didn't trust any
0: of them. Yeah which I can't blame her. I'm with Kalita on that. Yeah. Um, So they're having some tea on the train and General Sharma drinks from her cup and a tendril of the witch plague appears on the side of the cup and Adil tries to warn her, but it's too late. Like it just takes over. It kills her and her advisor. Um, Kalita and Adil get up and run and the next thing we see is the train derailing and crashing. And we don't know what happened to them. Oh, what okay. a way to start an
1: episode. <laughs> right. That's a pretty good opening.
2: How did the camera even get on the train? They have reach. Yeah.
1: Right. It's just
2: kind of, re- I feel like it's all,
1: it's being reinforced every time we see them. They have this new like hook or <laughs> some new like
2: mm-hmm. advantage. What is that thing like the you're playing chess and the witches are playing checkers? It's just oh, not, yep. it's not just, it's not the same <laughs> Yep. They are being left behind and they are suffering for it. Yep.
0: They really are. And I wonder how much of that is because they're stuck in these traditions.
1: Mm. You make a good point. Um, I feel like that might be part of it. And also, again, like, the traditions themselves, but also just Alder being like the person whose eyes everybody looks at things through and, you know, she has her own, it's, you know, she has so much trauma that she was literally blind to what was very obvious to everybody else. Like, you know, just, just being, they're limited because they are limited. Um, you know, their leadership is limited in a lot of ways. Right. Mm -hmm.
0: So we get back to Tally, and uh, she is still in Alder's office. Alder puts on a record and um, asks her where she heard about Nick de Baton. And Tally starts telling her that she knows she was in Liberia. It doesn't matter that you tried to erase her. Like, I know you were there. And Tally tells her that they are still connected.
1: I'm and... sure she was real excited about that news. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: Alder was, was not like, pleased.
2: I was like, Tally is trusting Alder with a lot of information here that can get her in trouble. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I I do get nervous whenever like, you know, your good guy character confronts the, you know, the and well, in this case antagonist. I guess they're both protagonists, but um Whenever they you know confront them, because like you know, Alder could snap her fingers and snap her nap, like yeah, it's real
2: out
0: here, right, <laughs> hey, you can't give away all of your leverage up
2: front.' not used to this game? <laughs> not at all shes she's guileless she is. <laughs>
0: And she pretty much just tells Alder that she wants answers because she keeps seeing these visions and Alder's like, Oh, okay. I'm gonna make sure Isadora gives you something to sever that connection completely.
2: Alder's like, no, we're not having this. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: you're gonna get out of my head.
1: <laughs> He's like, that's not what I that's not the point. Like <laughs> she's like, uh, that's not what I came here for. I came here for
2: answers, lady. She's like I'm gonna humor you for a second, but then I'm gonna put you in your place.
0: <laughs> right? Like I can't believe she even humored her for that long.
2: <laughs> it's probably like residual feelings of being attached.
1: Yeah, and also the surprise factor of like, yeah, oh, she just ran up in my spot, <laughs> huh? <laughs> it's like, where would
2: this puppy come from? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So we cut to Anacostia, and she is getting some new recruits in order and uh, runs into Raelle. And she asks her uh, how Abigail's doing. And Raelle, of course, turns the conversation to Scylla and how she escaped from custody. Um, Anacostia denies knowing anything about it, but Raelle tells her that she saw Scylla at the protest and Anacostia very quickly and strangely gives in and tells her the truth um, without giving away too much of what they're doing. But she basically almost told her everything. <laughs> I just, just don't understand.
1: You am like an undercover girl. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> like the only thing she left out was the word undercover. <laughs> <laughs> they just, they do not keep secrets around here.
1: They really don't. And, you know, it's funny. It's kind of the um, the pacing of a such a short-run season. Um, I feel like Killjoys, which, which is another great show, a sci-fi show, it was also 10, uh, 10 episodes. And it was like, yeah, we don't have time to, like, have too much intrigue. We have intrigue for about half an episode, and then it needs to be resolved. We need to move on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: They do cram a lot in an episode, so I guess they have to they have to move fast. So we get to uh, the Spree House with Willa and Scylla, and uh, Jonas is there, and he's trying to leave, um, but they're trying to convince him to stay. And he tells Scylla that like she used to be an animal, but now she's soft ineffective, and weak. Oof. Which. Tell us how you really feel, Jonas. Right.
2: (laughs) Priorities. I mean, it's one thing to want to free witches from the army, but if you're all dead, does it matter? Yeah, Yeah, I think
1: I absolutely agree. But I also I, I think that when you're like locked in a certain mode, like he's literally been like his mind has been on this one purpose for so long um he's not able to adapt like a will like Willa is like seeing a real danger like and she even saw it up you know up close and personal too mm-hmm. so i think that he's just stuck he's like well i know i joined for this purpose and that's what i'm gonna
2: focus on
0: yeah he's not he's not seeing the bigger picture here i
2: mean nope. they need to learn how to pivot
0: <laughs> <Right. paid dollars.
2: laughs> Every Sorry. time I hear
0: the word pivot, I think about that Friends episode with Ross trying to get that couch in his oh, apartment. The
1: couch. <laughs> <laughs> Iconic.
0: So Jonas leaves, and uh, Willa tells Zilla that she isn't weak. There are things worth dying for and things worth living for. And that was, of course, very pointedly about Rayo. <laughs> <laughs> Oh back at Fort Salem, um, Abigail is being discharged from the infirmary when Petra comes in to check on her, which, like, why did it take you so long? (laughs) Like, it's the next day.
2: Well, she had army things to do.
0: (laughs) 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 But Abigail asks her mom if uh, she got them, meaning did she get the Camarilla? And she's upset that Alder and Petra have spun this story, that it was the spree instead of telling the truth. And Abigail is talking about how they came after her, just like they came after Charvel. And Petra says that the difference is she survived. And Abigail's like, maybe I shouldn't have. Mm. Which did not sit right with Petra at all. Um, but Abigail tells her that she wouldn't understand because she wasn't the one who was stupid enough to walk into their trap. Which, uh, she has a point, That's but, right.
1: Like, yeah,
2: you know, she just needs so much therapy. She yeah, so and no, there's therapy. no
1: therapist on,
2: uh, on in Fort Salem, <laughs> right? Like, sure. where are the therapists? Like, obviously. Abigail is going through something and nobody is like reaching out a hand and saying here. Yeah. Yeah. You
0: need a Let light. Me help
2: you.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's rough to see her like that. Like considering the Abigail that we first met who had it's all this my- confidence. And now like all of that is gone.
1: Yeah. It's a world away.
0: But over in the dining hall. Um, Tally and Rael are talking about what happened with Alder. Um, Isadora has given Tally something to sever the connection. And um, Abigail comes in, and Rayle is asking about uh, the black tables that are being set up around them. And Abigail tells her it's for Samhain, and they start talking about the upcoming celebration. And uh, Ray says that they didn't really celebrate Samhain in the session. Right then Gregorio comes in and he asks uh, Abigail if she's okay. And she's like, yeah, I guess, you know, for having almost had my throat cut out again, I'm doing okay. But that's not what he was talking about. She hasn't heard about the train crash or that Adela and Kalita were on it yet. Um, so Abigail's just visibly shaken about the news and says that it's never going to stop.
2: You know what gets me? Petra should have known, or she must have known, when she talked to Abigail in the morning and said nothing.
1: Yeah, Mm. I I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say she did, only because that would be so, like, effed up if her mom didn't take the time (laughs) to tell her. Um, I'm gonna like, just like she doesn't know a whole lot. Like, as an intel officer, there's a lot of
2: stuff she doesn't know. I'm, I can't believe that Gregorio knows before Petra knows. This I feel like true. the intelligence may not be the best at Fortale, but it's not that <laughs> bad. No, I <I'm, laughs> No, I
1: agree. But I mean, I feel like it, when she talked to her, she probably didn't know, and then maybe the it came in, oh, dang, he does come in and say, I thought you heard, as opposed to someone sent me to tell you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try to give her the benefit of the doubt. I'm gonna try to give her the benefit of the doubt and say that maybe the news came through right after she talked to Abigail, but before Gregorio came in and maybe it just spread across campus really quickly
2: I don't go. know I think Petra didn't say anything <laughs> <laughs> I love how you
1: baffled over that plot hole for us <laughs>
0: yeah I gotta look out for my bellwethers
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so back in Alder's office uh, Petra and Alder are discussing the attack and Petra lets Alder know that Isadora is analyzing samples And that the search and rescue teams are looking for survivors. And that um, the Indian military, instead of doing what they did and stand on the same page and blaming the spree, the Indian military has publicly acknowledged that it was the Camarilla.
2: Which is smart. Right.
0: So, Petra then updates Alder and tells her that the Camarilla can no longer hunt for witches in schools because they've confiscated all the tapes. Um, and Woohoo! <laughs> I just don't trust that they actually got them all, though. Me too.
1: <laughs> Y'all are like, I'm just waiting for destruction around the corner. It just is mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Like, the Camarilla have been ahead of them every step of the way, every so the way. I don't for a second think that they don't have any backups here.
1: Uh, yeah maybe even a, a whole backup uh, procedure, like not even something that looks like
2: that, maybe something totally different.
0: Right. Like I had, think they have a backup plan for their backup plan at this point. Yeah.
2: Yeah, they had a lot more time to plan.
1: And they have, and, and just like the witches have this like hundreds of years, hundreds of years of tradition, they do too. The Camarilla has been around just as long. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And they've been around undetected for hundreds of years yep. because Alder thought she destroyed them all.
1: Yeah. Yep. yep. And for a time she probably had, like, you know, yeah. she probably had, um, you know, thinned their numbers out so much they were essentially destroyed. But, you know, they coalesce. You know, ideas don't die.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. They just bided their time for the perfect, you know, moment to come back. Yep. yep.
0: Uh, while they're talking, uh, Alder Alder tells Petra that VP Silver has paused further movement on the testing centers, which, like, is another blow to their plans. Um, and Petra questions Alder on whether she's briefed President Wade on the situation in India, but she says that the president is still under the weather. I think that's
2: a long time for a president to be under the weather.
0: Right.
1: Yeah,
2: where she's blowing
1: off her like chief general.
0: I feel like she knows about Alder puppeting her.
1: Yeah. I I guess that's maybe the underlying kind of wink-wink the show is trying to send to us, like, all's not well.
0: Yeah. So after that, we get to one of my favorite scenes in the show, which is uh, Scylla and Anacostia. They're dressed to go with a party with that weird dude, Shane, and um and Acostia has on just the flyest possible outfit it oh is
2: so my God. fire <laughs> I was I like have was... never seen the like <laughs> praise the costume designer <laughs> to whoever did her hair yes just, everything was on point it was beautiful
1: perfect and in every way there is like too much good I know y'all uh rag on uh what's her name's. uh wig. Abigail. <laughs> so much. Abigail's wig so much. But like there's some really good like natural hair and stuff on here and like nice cuts and things like that. So I'm hoping, I'm guessing there's some black folks doing some hair on this show.
2: Nobody's doing hair. Just not Abigail's hair.
0: <laughs> like I don't know why they do her like this.
2: <laughs> but Anna Kassia she like really went out there and I'm like Silla what are you doing? <laughs> I'm still not sure what Scylla was dressed as. Just regular her mm-hmm. outfit.
0: It was not the same amount of effort, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> I know Scylla probably was like, oh, dang, I, I kind of misjudged. <laughs> 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 I probably should have did a little bit more. <laughs>
2: Anacostia's kind of like, we want to blend in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anacostia's like, you're undercover. is <laughs> like, I want to stand out. like i don't do blending
0: blending who
2: no (laughs) Uh,
0: they meet up with uh shane and bonnie and bonnie's getting ready to take their daughter brianna trick-or-treating um so they go to the party with just him and we know disaster is going to happen there because shane is not right
2: Shane is so mean to Bonnie. <laughs> <It> <laughs> I is, know. Like, I don't even he's like her. He's always talking dude. crap about her.
1: <laughs> I like you... this. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: I was gonna ask, you Why? Why is he married to this woman if he doesn't even like her?
1: <laughs> I like the subtlety of their of of what he's like. He's not necessarily abusive, and you don't get it. It's not like it's like this kind of question: Is he abusive? Is he maybe maybe not physically, but is he? You know, a little emotionally abusive. Like, has he always kind of, you know, treated her like, you know, she was an accessory or, you know, Mm -hmm. beneath him? Because there's this like feeling of like, not exactly contempt, but this feeling of like superiority. He kind of walks very
2: overbearing.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Very controlling
2: of her.
0: Right. There's definitely some control issues going on.
2: Yes, definitely. And this whole party is creepy. It has like an eyes eyes wide shut feeling to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like it. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Oh well, they're on their way to the party. Um, oh, go ahead, Mel.
2: I was gonna say, anytime they bring out the creepy white mask, is that a good sign? Exactly. That's, the, that's when you turn right back around. <laughs>
1: Leave. Unless, you know, if you're not working undercover, you turn right back around and get out of there.
0: So back at Fort Salem, um, Abigail is back to training, but she is not doing well with hand to hand combat, which is like really unusual for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets knocked down and taps out and runs out of the room, which Abigail never taps out. So Tally and Ray um, hurry after her and they're really worried about what's going on. Um, They tell her that they were thinking that they should come home with her for break. um, But Abigail says that they won't be safe there. And they aren't safe anywhere. And
2: And she's right.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Like the Camarilla are everywhere. So where is safe?
2: (laughs) But at the same time, she is traumatized. And needs therapy needs like a comfort something
0: <laughs> they all need therapy at this point so while they're talking um the other cadets are walking out of the building and they're carrying torches um, they see Gregorio and Rayal tries to ask him what's going on but he can't talk um, so they just follow along and we see that there are bonfires all over the campus and it's the start of the Samhain ceremony. Um, So M tells the group that it's Samhain tradition and they're gonna wake the dead. Um, So every Samhain, a ghost regiment wanders the woods and they have to stop them and keep the bonfire burning until midnight. And if they succeed, they get to speak to any dead witch of their choosing. Which is a pretty interesting prize.
1: Yeah, it's so, it seems so specific. It seems very like, wow, this is the perfect time for this to be a
2: thing. <laughs> but at the same <laughs> right. time, this is just an example of how I love the world building in this show. Because, like, this is, like, so cool. Like, we're going to stop from a ghost regiment from... The- <laughs> Extinguishing a bonfire or what? <laughs> right. just something we do. So <laughs> it's ghosts
1: like, are real? yeah, you know, <laughs> you know how you talk to the dead sometimes. You do what to the
2: who? You talk to the dead? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> ghosts are real, we talk to the dead, all of it.
0: <laughs> just keeping a bonfire burning until midnight seems like a lot of work for a holiday.
1: I know, right.
0: <laughs> I gotta fight a dead army. Like,
1: it's a holiday. Shouldn't we just be like having a feast and sleeping? Like, isn't that what you're supposed to do during a holiday? This is Hogwarts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is for Salem. Everything has to be a battle.
0: Huh? Right. <laughs> So we get back to uh, Anacostia and Scylla, and they've made it into the party, and um, Scylla tries to to use her work and realizes that there's something blocking them, so they won't be able to use any of their work while they're in there. Um, and Shane is just going on and on about a world with no witches, and they play along with him, um, and then he tells them he provided a little gift, and that they'll see what it is soon enough. Like, that's not creepy. So creepy. <laughs> uh, back at Fort Salem, um, Segmet is waiting for the regiment to show up, and the bellwether unit is discussing who they'll talk to if they win. And um, Sally asks Abigail and she says like the thing about being the last of her line is that there's no shortage of people to choose from,
1: which like,
0: Abigail is just just spiraling down the hole.
1: Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Good grief. So Tally says she's going to talk to the leader of the Liberian Front to get answers about Alder. All the answers that she didn't get when she barged into Alder's office like that. And I don't know why she thought she would get answers, but that didn't pan out for her.
2: It's like, we share a bond, Alder. (laughs) Tell me everything.
0: And Alder's like, yeah, no.
2: I was like, I don't even tell the bitties that are still attached to me everything. <laughs> Whatever they can't, uh,
1: they can't, like, pick up out of my mind. They just don't know. I don't, don't
2: know. And they are fine with not knowing.
0: Because they know their place. So, Raelle, of course, is going to talk to her mom. And we already know she's about to be disappointed. Um. M tells them that just one arrow would douse the flame, so they have to stop all of the arrows with whatever they can, and it's also very important to not get hit with anything. Um, back at the party, uh, they get their masks with the whole eyes wide shut situation. Like, why this is the party theme, I don't know. Um, but they see the cop from the testing center take the stage, and he's in a red mask, and he says that they're going to start the party with a bang, and they'll be reinstating a ritual long held by their ancestors. Ooh. That's ominous.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Red flag. hmm
0: So they bring out the gift that Shane brought, and it turns out it's Brianna's friend, Tiffany. And, um... They're going to stone a witch to death, and like a little girl. Really? Yeah. I mean. Yeah.
1: My immediate reaction was like, "Oh, this is," and then like I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And then I was just like, "Yeah, this is like this is real regular. This is the type of stuff that these types of societies do. They they legitimately torture and kill children and like you know innocent people. And there's so many societies that do that generally along. Uh, racial lines (laughs) but yeah like there's so many people that are willing to like make recreation of something so horrific that it's really scary and sad
2: yeah that you can kill a child like that that's just mm -mm. you have no redeeming uh properties in my mind anymore yeah all of you could die
1: yep yep
0: because unlike the spree who kind of have a point, the Camarilla don't have any point other than eradication of all witches who are just yeah. a group of people they don't like. It's That's yeah. not cool.
1: Yeah. And are afraid of. Because like, they realize that, you know, they have the numbers, like humans or whatever. I mean, I don't know if they, you know, go along those lines, but like, you know, non-witches, let's just say, um, have the numbers. But they're afraid of what the witches can do. And they're just like... We know that you could, if you had enough of you, just house us, <laughs> you know. Right. And so that fear makes them vicious monsters.
2: And she's like a little white blonde girl. Those are usually the ones they say.
1: I guess yeah, in this reality,
0: I th- all witches are fair game.
2: Yeah. And I think you can't even see the little white blonde girls and say, Oh my god, no. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I feel like that's how you know how hateful they really are.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, Which transcends everything?
1: I think one thing is that because it's like, you know, allegory or whatever, I think a lot of sci-fi and fantasy do that where they're like, they'll cast or like put white people in the position of what traditionally would be a black person, right? Because it's like allegory. Like we're trying to talk about the thing without talking about the thing. So, yeah, I think it's just that, the function of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Most sci-fi and fantasy is like, what if, what if white people had to go through the stuff that white people make other people go through? <laughs> that's what a lot of <laughs> sci-fi and fantasy is.
2: I can see that oh, this is like, what if white people had to go through? What <laughs> yeah. if people had to go through?
0: <laughs> so. Back at Port Salem, uh, Secmet is fighting as hard as they can, but it's not easy. Everybody's tired. Um, Gregorio ends up getting hit by an arrow, which no, <laughs> we will not hurt Gregorio. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I am sensing something—a little, a little something, something between Tally and Gregorio, because she was like mm-hmm. super concerned. She was. That he got hit, and you know, during the party, the matching party, he was like, "Oh, I'm gonna be on your at your side," and I'm like, "Oh, there's something there. There's something."
0: Gregorio is her Garrett rebound.
2: So much better than Garrett.
0: So much better. No birds.
2: He has original thoughts. He didn't get all of his moves from a book, Mm-mm. right? And he's like really like. Honest, you know, he's
1: honest and like funny with it. Like, he won't be called the boy witch, but at the same time, he's like, you know, he's like kind of malleable and like soft about it, but he's really clear, like, I'm not a male witch, I'm a witch, you know, kind of thing. So, Mm -hmm. I like him. He got a little swag to him. He does.
2: (laughs) He's cute.
0: So, luckily, Rayelle is there and she is able to fix him and gets right back into fighting. Um, and it's almost midnight and they need to win. So Raelle like tries to do something with the witch bomb to win. And she succeeds in like holding off that last ghost soldier until that last bell rings and they win. Which we knew they would, but.
1: Yeah, like that was that was pretty much a given, but it was still pretty harrowing. I did yeah. have a moment in the middle of it where I was just like. Am I really rooting for these, like, colonizers to defeat these, like, indigenous I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this at all.
0: I was conflicted during this. <laughs> like, I want the unit to win because it's the unit, but <laughs> I guess the damage was already done. They are ghost soldiers, so. They are, yeah. So back at the party um, with Anacostia and Scylla Anacostia is upstairs trying to figure out how to cut the power and she gets caught by the guy that they followed to all the schools and they of course have to fight Um, she can't use our powers so it's hand to hand only Which we finally get to see Anacostia like really, really show what she can do without her powers. Which That was a cool scene.
2: She has been training those cadets. She knows her stuff.
0: That's true. Like a lot of times we just see her in this position where she's supervising everything. So it was nice to see her like really get out there. Yeah. I guess. Uh, while well, she's upstairs in fighting. Heels. Yes, in heels and a jumpsuit. And her hair didn't move.
2: She used to look really good afterwards, too. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: His skills. And while she's upstairs fighting, um, Scylla is downstairs and she's watching as the crowd, everyone in the crowd, is being given a stone. Ew. <laughs> and. Oh. Um,
1: it's so disturbing
0: <laughs> so it's taken too long for Anacostia to cut the power and Scylla knows she needs to step in and do something before they kill this kid um, so she stops them and outs herself as not only a witch but as Spree to save the girl and that was a so great.
2: I'm Spree I've killed thousands of people <laughs> I loved it.
1: I just loved that moment. I was like, yes, girl. <laughs> this this is the season where I was like completely on, on board with Scylla's whole deal. <laughs> like, yeah. just, this season, like last season, I was like side-eyeing her the entire time. But this season, I am like, this is what's necessary. Like, you know, th- this is a bit of what's necessary
2: in this, in this societal dynamic we're in. Yeah. I just needed Scylla to, to stop lying to Riel all the time, every day, every night.
0: <laughs> yeah, And
2: now she's, like, doing something positive and proactive.
0: I feel like, as a whole, we were very against Scylla in the first season. But she has done a good job of redeeming herself in these six episodes. Yeah. So, just as she outs herself as Spree and they're starting to move in on her. Anacostia cuts the power, and Celia is able to use her work. And she blasts the officer back and um, goes to burn his face with her lighter. And as soon as they realize that the witches have their powers back, um, the crowd starts to flee. And then we see Anacostia and Celia take Tiffany with them.
2: Okay, I have a question. The mm-hmm. burning the face part was that really necessary? Because they, she hasn't had to do that with other people's faces, or the spree hasn't had to do that with other people's faces in order to steal them.
0: I felt like Maybe that was, was just Stella getting back at him.
2: Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. All the Like, it's just so. It just feels so satisfying when like the hunted or the preyed upon turns the tables. That's like my favorite trope ever.
2: Yes. But, like, yeah, that was really cool. Effect where she just like burnt his face off.
0: (laughs) He deserved it.
2: And then sucked in all that ash. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't have done that part. Like,
1: (laughs) I guess that was for the
2: magic. I need somebody to explain this to me <laughs> better. <laughs> because, like, I'm still confused about how this face stealing works. I don't know. How it works. <laughs> she
0: definitely didn't do that when she stole uh Anacostia's face. Yeah. I have no idea di- I- I no idea how it works. We need that explained in like the after show or something.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: So we get back to Fort Salem, and of course, Sekhmet has won. Emma's handing out the candles that the group will need to talk to the dead, Um, and they tell them that they have until the candle burns out to talk to their person. Gregorio tells Abigail that he'll tell Libba she said hi, and she says to give her her best, which was sweet. It was a nice little moment. I love that we're still talking about Libba, and she hasn't just disappeared from their lives no. just because she died. Absolutely.
1: I do have a question. If you can just talk to the dead, can they just be like, oh, "What's what's heaven or hell? Like, what's what's the afterlife like? Like, why would the afterlife be a mystery anymore?"
0: That is a good question.
2: That is a good question.
0: I wonder if the dead are prohibited from telling them certain things
1: yeah I wish they would have said that like given me some kind of container for it
0: yeah but um they all get their candles and they go their separate ways and they light them and then they say the name of the person they want to speak to and a large spider comes out of the candle and runs off
1: creepy it is (laughs) excuse me pardon me (laughs)
0: And, like, I have a question. See, So many questions. I have a question about the spider. Like, what is the purpose of the spider? Is the spider going to fetch the dead person?
2: I guess so.
1: That's the impression I got.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's creepy.
1: That is creepy. It needs to go into whatever underworld or post-life thing, (laughs) waiting room, I don't know, and grab them and bring them back.
0: Like, is this a Beetlejuice situation? Like, the spider just pops up in the waiting room like you. Yes. (laughs) Come with me. Yes, I love
2: that. You got a request
0: down here. So everyone um, starts to see who they called for. Um, For Abigail, it's Charvel. We knew that was going to be the case. Um, Charvel appears and tells Abigail she's a failure. But she tells her... Not that it's not in the way she thinks. She didn't Mm -hmm. fail her. Abigail thinks she fails failed Charvel, but Charvel tells her, "You didn't fail me. You failed yourself by letting yourself be victimized by the Camarilla repeatedly."
2: That was so harsh.
0: (laughs) That was way harsh. Like she's already spiraling. I I
2: actually, I I actually
1: thought that maybe I, I misunderstood. I thought she was saying you failed yourself by allowing yourself to kind of like, forget that you're dope. As opposed, like, I didn't realize it was like, no, by by losing to the Camarilla. It wasn't so much, in my mind, I thought, it wasn't that she was saying you losing to the Camarilla, it's you accepting the loss and like spiraling instead of getting mad and fighting
2: back. But it's I, mean, I think that's what she was saying. I just think she said it in a really harsh <laughs> <laughs> way. Oh, <Yeah>. gosh. <gotcha. laughs>
0: Like, that's where she got to eventually,
1: but, like, yeah. <laughs> she, she just started, it started off. Started off. <laughs> you're trash. You're, you're a waste. I mean, right, like, tell her
2: she's, she's on a cliff right now. You're telling her she's a failure? Right.
0: <laughs> like, can you give her some positive feedback first?
2: Can we start with <laughs> that? Stop that's the word.
1: Please. Whenever I've managed anyone, you got to start with the positive and then exactly. get... It.
0: Start with a positive and end with a positive, like put all the trash <laughs>
2: in the middle. Like, Even with the trash, say it in a nice way. Okay. You don't come out right and say something you're a failure.
1: <laughs>
0: Just straight up led with you're a failure. Like, like geez. She,
1: she was mad. She was a vengeful spirit.
0: <laughs> she was. So while they're talking, um, Abigail tells her, like, I'm a soldier, I can only do what I'm told to do. And um, Charvel says she thought that too, but then she got murdered. And so Charvel tells her to stop worrying about being a soldier and start worrying about being a warrior. So finally, she got to like some encouragement. Yeah, <laughs> in a roundabout way. That Abigail My fear tells-
2: was crushed by that point. <laughs>
0: Like, I don't know if I really want to hear you after you started out with, I'm a failure.
2: Exactly. <laughs> I'm so stuck on a failure.
0: <laughs> I don't have this relationship with my cousin, so we would just fight. <laughs> Girl, what are you going to do? But, um, Abigail tells her that she doesn't want to be afraid anymore. And Charvel says, Get rid of that which terrifies you. And she tells her that she's Abigail Bellwether, the last of their line, and she is vengeance. Mm. Talking Which like
1: man? a, you know, <laughs> talking that <laughs>
2: old, old, uh, old world again.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, but she's like pushing Abigail towards a fight that could potentially kill her. So, <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: right, I'm like, what are you? What exactly are you telling her to do here? <laughs>
2: Avenge me!
0: (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about being a soldier. Avenge my death.
1: And it's like, avenge my death. You're being a soldier, and it's like that is the context that they're in. Like, you know, I'm a big fan of that idea of being a warrior versus a soldier, but you know, that's the world they live in. Is that she's a soldier? So what? What? Yeah, like you said, what exactly is she telling her to do? you know, mutiny, like, what is she? Asking? i stop being a soldier,
0: right? It's like your options are like <laughs> you want her to avenge you, but that's gonna end one of two ways either she dies or she's in prison.
2: Yeah, badly, she got that vengeance, huh?
0: <laughs> so, meanwhile, uh, Tally is talking to the leader of the Liberian Front. And she asks her why she martyred herself. And that made her very angry. Um, and she tells her she didn't. And starts to show her a vision of Nikta's work being used to make her and her group kill themselves.
1: Awful. Just awful. Yes. Oh,
0: that was terrible. <laughs> yep. but That is some powerful work she has going.
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, of course, it goes back to the very first scene of the very first episode. Like, oh, yeah, that's that work. All too yep. familiar.
0: They just evolved from bottles to anything that can down. sound. Um, and that's two out of three of the Bellwether unit. And our third member, Raelle, is still sitting there waiting for her mother to show up and her candles almost burned down. And that was so sad. That, yeah, that was a heartbreaking moment because, like, Raelle still thinks her mom is dead. So it's now, it's like two blows. Like, my mom's dead, and now she doesn't even want to talk to me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. But
0: her candle burns out, and Willa never shows. And Raelle is, of course, heartbroken that her mother didn't come. And,. She then decides that she needs to go home and see her dad for break instead of uh, going home with Abigail. Um, So Tally is worried about Ray, and she wants to go to the session with her. Um, She asks Abigail to come, but Abigail says that Charvel set her straight, and she needs to get back to being herself. So she needs to find the people who took Charvel's voice and get it back. And bathed in their blood, which she threw in. Love it.
1: <laughs> love this for her. <laughs>
0: I, love, I love that she said, I just added that part myself. <laughs> <laughs> Abigail is back.
1: Exactly.
0: And Tali's yep. like, wait a minute. What do you mean? <laughs> um, this is not a good plan. And you're, you'll you basically be offering yourself up.
2: Which is why I think Tala should have gone <laughs> Abigail.
0: Right, like you might want to watch that one.
2: <laughs> because Abigail's like, she's like, a, she's, she's about to blow. <laughs> some, yeah. In some way, somehow.
0: Yeah, Abigail has been on a path of destruction this whole season so far,
1: so. A very depressed, right, just kind of low low energy too. Just always tears in her eyes, now she's got fire in her eyes again. She just
2: went from we're all gonna die to I'm gonna kill everyone in the of the night. <laughs> she needs to be watched. <laughs>
0: yes. She's just like, well, Charvel said I'm vengeance, so vengeance it is.
1: <laughs> vengeance it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so while they're talking, um Petro walks up and Tally takes our cue to leave. Um, Petra is there to talk to Abigail about Adil. Um, it turns out he's alive, which is great news because I was a little worried for them. Um, so he's pulling up in the truck, and just as he pulls up, Abigail comes running out and like runs straight into his arms. Um, and they say they miss each other, and uh, he says that he and Kalita were the only survivors of the train crash. At and they some good news. Yeah, and they didn't really spell it out, but I'm assuming that all of their people were on the train as well. Or were they? So I feel like I don't know. I don't know what he meant by only survivors exactly.
2: I want, well, I there was the, the military that was on the train. Yeah, I thought
1: they were already the last of their line at this. There's point. the left. Oh yeah, yeah, the little boy.
0: Yeah, the and ones like, they got the, from the. From the mission. It's only yeah, like yeah. maybe six of them, but yeah. Yeah. I need them to, to expand on that though. Were they on the train with them going on this tour or were they back at Fort Salem? But anyway, he says that uh, Kalita is still with The Hague, but Kalita knew how much he needed to see Abigail, so she sent him back. Um, and he tells her that she's all he could think about.
1: Oh. This is a no. good sign. Aww.
0: It is because they were just mad at each other when he left. <laughs>
1: yes, but also just Kalita. Like, Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, like, also Kalita, like that kind of subtle, like, I know you want to go see her, kind of as opposed to like trying to stand in the way of it.
2: but, go ahead. but like, right. I was like nothing like a near death experience to make you reconsider <laughs> <laughs> being in somebody's presence that annoyed you before. We're like. That was just Abigail being Abigail. I think of her. <laughs> he's like, that's just who
0: she is. Um, but she also tells him about how the Camarilla came after her again. And then they decide they're going to team up and make the Camarilla feel hunted. Which I need a deal to be the voice of reason here. And he's not.
2: <laughs> this is why Tally should have gone with Abigail.
0: Right. Like, excuse me, Mr. Pacifist. Can you be pacifist right now? No.
2: <laughs> He's done with that life. He's <laughs> over it. It's canceled. <laughs> what does Rayo need in the session for? She's just gonna go talk to her dad. Right. Edwin Abigail got- may go <laughs> off. She may go off and like start killing Cam right, left and center.
0: Right. Like Rayelle is just going home with her dad. Edwin's got her; she'll be okay. Like, can you go collect Rambo over here?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody has their self care, ladies. Like, don't scoff at what
2: she just. I was about to turn into John Wick. We need to be <laughs> <theory>. <laughs> So, in
0: the uh, final scene of this episode, Scylla disguises herself as Bonnie. And she's in the house and pretending to be Bonnie. And she goes in the bedroom with Shane. And she ends up killing him with Brianna's favorite pencil. And there we have our name of the episode. Awesome. Nothing about this scene bothered me because I've been trying to get rid of Shane for a while now.
1: I was just really like, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm just really pleased with like, you know, the whole, you know, a lot of times, sometimes, a lot of times the heroes are like, oh, we're so above vengeance, we're this, we're that, you know, we have to be meek and that's what, how we show we're good. No, in this show, it's just like, yeah, like we only gonna take so much of this, at this BS before we start killing folks, and that's just how it is. That's just how it has to be. <laughs>
0: We're good with vengeance here.
2: <laughs> I mean, I wish she hadn't done it when Bonnie was just about to come
0: home. <laughs> yeah. yeah, on her way out of the house, um, the real Bonnie is returning home from the grocery store. And Scylla, on her way past, tells her to find something beautiful and real to live for. Or hate will eat her whole.
1: Like, why did you... Isn't that rich, coming from you? <laughs> I know, it's
2: like she... She finally realized that herself. So she's like, I'm not going to let another person go down the road that I went down. Even though I didn't realize that.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I get it. But I
0: don't understand why you essentially took credit for his murder when you could have just lied.
1: Yeah, I don't understand why you don't... Why would you wait until she was coming back? or I don't know. It just seems like you could have gotten away with that. (laughs) I don't know why... Why? Even
0: though, even though, like, she was pulling up at the same time, like, she only saw Scylla on the porch. She doesn't know she was in the house.
1: Yep. So, she like, could have actually just been knocking, like, oh, I just came by.
0: just looking for you. <laughs> like, why? You lied through a whole season before. <laughs> like, why? Well, I'm I guess that's the point. She hiding.
2: was over. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> That she it? wants no Bonnie. That she wants Bonnie to know the witches did it.
1: Yep.
0: So that was just full Olena Tyrell. <laughs> 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 Tell Cersei
2: I did it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, that is the end of episode five. Brianna's favorite pencil. And uh, this is a good point for us to take a break for a word from our sponsor. Welcome back, witches. We are back to dive into episode six, which is one of my favorites of this season, My Three Dads. Um, So this episode starts with Jonas, and he's out in a cabin in the woods somewhere. um, And he's there with some women, and they're all putting metal objects into a crucible and melting them down and this woman who's in a hoodie with her face hidden um, starts to give like one of those alder level speeches and they all start chanting we are the spree over and over again um, so back with our unit they have all gone their separate ways um, Tally and Ra'el are in the session and They're waiting for her dad to come and Raelle is telling Tally not to talk about the witch mom deployment, the spree, Scylla. Like, don't talk about any of that to Edwin. (laughs) I don't know what she's supposed to talk about. We literally (laughs) gave her nothing.
2: (laughs) How about those mother tongue classes? (laughs) Fun times.
0: While they're in this session, which is a really cute, like, small-town-looking place, um, Abigail is at her family's estate in Annapolis, Maryland, and she's talking to Adil before they go in, and she tells him, like, before we go in the house, it should be empty except for my grandmother, who is the only woman alive who is tougher than Alder, avoid contact. (laughs)
2: She sounds... (laughs) frightening
0: right like that's not terrifying when you're inviting me to your family's home (laughs) Um, and he tells her that you know they need to get to Charvel's remains and you know as long as they can get there he's okay Um, but Abigail starts to think about it and she tells him that you know they bury their dead immediately and then they plant a tree to grow from their bodies Um, But he tells her it's fine as long as he can get a little bit of her blood. Um, And as they go up the stairs to enter the house, they see a bunch of people going in. And Adele's like, I thought you said the house was empty. So something is going on there.
1: Party time.
2: (laughs) Not the part we want.
1: (laughs) No. (laughs)
0: Um, back in the session, Tally and Raelle are still waiting for her dad to arrive, and they see a bol- a poster that says something about um, taking Alder to the guillotine. So oh. Ray tells Tally that you know people in the session don't really like Alder, and they have no problem expressing it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Really>?
0: <laughs> truly, <laughs> truly, like, just a poster. Like, Take the queen to the guillotine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Tally says that Alder causes more problems than she fixes, which true story. Yeah. Um, and she tells Ray that she knows the truth about the Liberian front and that Alder forced Nicta to use her work. Um, and she worries that Alder is going to do the same thing to Ray now that you know she's has the witch mom. Ray right
2: doesn't seem concerned enough about this mm, <laughs> for me.
0: No, like I need her to be more concerned. Like if Alder <laughs> did this to Nicta, for her work, yes. like what do you think she's gonna do to you with this witch bomb?
2: <laughs> right, it's like whatever. I can handle it. <laughs> I'll always
0: have a choice. Like how?
2: <laughs> Not necessarily,
1: right? You're in the you're in the military against your will, and you're talking about you'll have a choice. <laughs>
0: right. You didn't have a choice to join. What are you going to do now? <laughs> like but Edwin finally arrives and they go into a restaurant. And then we see that there are some people in a van following them. Oh. Back at the Bellwether Mansion, um, Abigail and Adil enter the house. And she is greeted by her three dads, who we later find out are named Anton, Thurman, and Claude.
2: Thurman? Um,
0: right <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> but they greet her one by one and the first one's like hello daughter and the other one's hi sweetheart and then the last dad comes down the stairs and he's like hello offspring like what
1: <laughs> one of these kids is doing his own thing <laughs>
0: <laughs> somebody is not the favorite dad and Abigail asks them if there's a wedding she doesn't know about and one of the dads said that the people are all there for her. And then offspring dad starts um, questioning her on Adele's presence. And he's like, why is he here? Which, rude.
2: Right. <laughs> like he's the only one she invited. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. But Abigail tells him that um, Adil doesn't have anywhere to go for the break, which is true. Like, where is he going? Um, And he tells her that they invited all her suitors there for fall break because it's the perfect time for her to make a choice. Which she is not at all happy about. And she wants to know if Petra knows about this. And he's like, of course, it was Petra's idea.
2: I mean, this seems like so ill-timed. You know Abigail's going through it. And you want to, like force her to pick a suitor on top of that she's emotionally unstable
0: right
1: yeah
2: and I think it's it's
1: ill-timed and it's like also maybe that's what she's trying like that was her remedy like it's a bad idea but maybe in her head she said well maybe I'll give her something else to think about and you know I know my daughter she likes she likes to roll in the hay so maybe this will be the thing that gets her out of her funk <laughs>
0: It's while they're talking, uh, Gregorio shows up, and this man is just constantly catching undeserved strays. <laughs> <laughs> just he just shows up, and Abigail is just on eleven <laughs> every time. <laughs> <laughs> but the dads seem to like him. Um, and Adil, Abigail walks away, and Adil and Gregorio are standing there talking, and Adil's like, I did not understand the scope of Abigail's family. And Gregorio's just trying to explain to him, he's like, well, three dads is pretty standard for a high Atlantic kid, which, interesting.
2: Yeah. So interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, because, like, Rail only has one dad. <laughs> um, so like Tally only has one dad, I guess I don't know, maybe not well, they're well, they're not high Atlantic,
1: though,
0: yeah, that's true. I'm just wondering why, like high Atlantics have these like multiple parents, and nobody
1: else does
2: just the um, breeding, just trying yeah. to
1: like literally breed the best specimen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I hope they go into more detail about that at some point. Definitely. Back in the session um, with Tally and Ray, Edwin Collar and Tally are exchanging stories at the table. And then he's telling her about how he had to get special permission to go on base so he could be there when Rayel was born and how like a nurse told him that this was wrong, his relationship with Willa and that he made his daughter weak. Um, so Rail gets visibly uncomfortable, like hearing this conversation about her mother after what happened during Samhain. And she gets up and uh, goes to get some containers to pack up their food. And while she's up at the counter, she sees a story on the news about how the Indian military is blaming the Camarilla for the attack on the train. Cats out the bag. That's right. Everyone knows now.
2: What's I wonder, really interesting about that was it wasn't in English. Right. What 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 is going on in this session? <laughs> like
0: were they it is watching
2: still
0: like, part of the US, right? <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, were they watching a foreign news channel because like the owners are from somewhere else? Or you know, I don't know. But it would be interesting. Like, I want to know if people are questioning Alder now, because Alder just told everybody that the uh, the protest and attack at the testing center was the spree.
2: Yep. Well, Someone... and, I mean, it's and you can believe that that was the spree, and maybe the Camry is just in another country, and it hasn't That's... come to America yet. That's real, because they could, yeah,
1: definitely, like, we know it's, you know, obviously linked, because we know all the behind the scenes, but the average citizen watching that broadcast might not put two and two together at all.
0: Yeah, it's cut to Scylla and um, Scylla is going to Tiffany's house. She goes in and unfortunately finds Tiffany's parents dead. Um, Tiffany's mom's vocal cords are visibly cut out and she and Anacostia discuss the next steps of what to do. Um Anna Costia, of course, wants to take Tiffany to Fort Salem, but Scylla wants to send her on the run with the Dodgers until she's old enough to make a decision for herself. And I agree with
1: Scylla, which is like, you know, yeah. more on my redemption store, or not redemption store, <laughs> but my return store.
0: Yeah, I agree with that too, but Anacostia is, you know, they're arguing back and forth and Anacostia says that the fosterling program did pretty right by her, but like, what else did she know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I don't think Fort Salem's a safe place right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely
2: not.
0: (laughs) Right. And I feel like if you grew up in the foster lane program, you can't reasonably judge whether it's a good thing or a bad thing because it's the only thing you know. Yeah. Like, your parents were military, you're military, you grew up in the military, (laughs) like, you don't know anything outside of the military at all. But she's trying to convince Zilla and she tells her that she's a different person than she was a year ago, which, yeah, for sure. but Scylla admits to killing Shane, and you know, she tries to distract her by telling her that Tiffany shouldn't see them fighting. And when Anacostia turns around, she sleeps her while her back is turned.
2: Scylla doesn't want to hear the, about <laughs> that she's changed, she doesn't want to believe that she's changed, not yet.
0: No. no. She definitely has. I feel like she, for sure, has changed.
2: She has changed, but
0: like she's not ready to fully embrace it yet. Yeah. 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 So, back in the session, um, Tally and Rael are walking, and Tally is trying to convince Ray to talk to her dad about her mom, um, but Ray says she doesn't want to upset him. And while they're talking, Tally notices that the van that they saw earlier has been following them. And it's sitting near Rail's house. Um, so they go sneak up on this van. And Raelle blasts the mirror off of it. And when they approach the door, the driver's side, they realize that the people in the car are military. Um, and they tell Raelle that they have orders to keep her out of trouble. But
2: Leo is the trouble. Right? You,
0: you have the worst assignment possible.
2: Like, <laughs> like, I don't even like you. <laughs> you think I want to be here?
0: The absolute worst assignment. How can you keep trouble away from itself? <laughs> Back at the Bellweather house, uh, Abigail is in her room looking at pictures of her and Charvel. Why? <laughs> they keep giving us these little pieces of Charvel, but we can't have her back. Um, and two of her dads come in and they apologize for us the gathering on her. And they ask her to keep an open mind at dinner, which we know is never going to happen. Like, she is just not with this whole process. (laughs) It's
1: not going to happen.
0: Yeah.
1: And I thought the dads were so cute. I was like, okay, clearly they have their own relationship outside Mm. of, you know, the group marriage situation. So
2: good for them.
0: Right. Those two are definitely together.
2: (laughs) Very cute.
0: Those are the favorite dads. That's why they didn't call her offspring. <laughs>
1: exactly. Um, <laughs> the other guy was like, he probably got a whole other situation. <laughs> like, he just kind of tied into this marriage. But he probably got his <laughs> own little wife or girlf- or Not wife, but like girlfriend or boyfriend or whatever off the
0: side. <laughs> Back in Alder's office, um, Anacostia is filling her and Petra in on what happened with Scylla. And Alder says it was a mistake to work with Scylla at all. Um, she should be in prison, like she asked. Um, Petra says that the Camaria have likely taken more children hostage, and Alder tells her to bring their daughters home and spare no one who tries to stop her.
2: Um,
0: so Anacostia wants to continue assist- assisting Petra with that mission, but Alder tells her that her time on the operation is over, And the camaria have already seen her face, so it doesn't make any sense for her to continue on anyway. Um, and she tells Petra to give Minerva her regards as she's walking out, and and it's just Alder and Acostia and the Biddies left in the office, and the Biddies are just back there doing their thing, reading or whatever they do. Um (laughs) And Alder tells Anacostia that she did a fine job, but now she needs her back by her side, where she can do the most good. Oh, so I still need like a whole explanation of their relationship and exactly why they're so close.
2: Maybe real- Alder really did help raise her. I mean. Yeah,
0: I feel like the way that they that Alder is towards her, like she must have had a pretty large hand in, like, raising her
1: personally. Yeah. Because she, like, she clearly cares about all the kids and stuff, but, you know, that's her, That's her. you know, that's her baby. That's her daughter. Yeah. Which is why she's so, like, sad whenever they have conflict.
0: Yeah, Alder is not bothered by conflict with too many other people. (laughs)
1: Like, it's,
0: but Anacostia, like, she can't she doesn't like like having conflict with her at all.
2: Nope. I guess like all of not really have that many people who are like really, um, like really trusted by her that aren't the biddies. So right. for Anacostia is obviously in that circle. So to lose that that hurts.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I think she knows, like, with Petra and the other generals, like, it's it's cordial, but, like, she knows that they're after her spot. Back in the session, uh, Ray and Tally go to see her mom's best friend, Quinn, and they find her healing a blind man. And um, she takes on some of his, his blindness when she heals him, just like Rael used to take on the illness of whoever she was working on. And he pays her and leaves. And she can't see anything, but somehow she knows that Rael is there. So they go to Quinn's house and they talk to her for a while. And um, Tally is telling Quinn about how Rael tried to summon Willa and she didn't show. And Quinn says that on the grounds of Fort Salem, like the dead can't just refuse to show when you call them. <laughs>
1: just,
0: right, like kind of had it's worse girl <laughs> mm. <laughs> but they just kind of they. I, I was surprised she moved on so quickly like Raelle just went well I guess that's not really how it works I guess it's the suggestion because <laughs> she didn't come like she didn't even <laughs> stop to think like if the dead can't refuse
1: mm-hmm. is
0: your mother dead
1: <laughs> yeah that's, that's interesting and very telling that it didn't even occur to her to think that
2: That's a big leap, though. That's a big leap to go from, like, everything I knew about my mother dying in war was wrong, and she's secretly alive.
1: (laughs) It's it's much easier to think I'm just unworthy of my mother. Yeah. (laughs) Which is sad, but true.
0: I don't know, I think I would have immediately jumped to, wait a minute, there's hope then, maybe she's not really dead, and something just happened, and she lost her memory or something. Like, I don't know, I would have jumped to the more hopeful conclusion, I guess.
2: Because, like, they had some graphic details on finding her body in that battle, so.
0: That's true. Which now I need to know who gave those details.
2: Petra. <laughs> <laughs> Queen of mm. no intelligence.
0: <laughs> Back at the Bell- Bellwether estate, uh, Ciro is at the table, weirdly. And um, Gregorio is trying to explain to him how weird it is for him to be in the running to hand fast with Abigail, considered, considering he was married to Charvel, her cousin. Which Gregorio is absolutely right about this. Like, you do not go for the cousin.
2: Like, we can bond over our (laughs) grief.
0: Like, like, no, Ciro, no. (laughs) We cannot. That's just weird. But, like, Ciro is also giving me Garrett vibes. Like, he's not that bright.
2: Yeah. (laughs) This just reminds me of, like... Regency romances where there's the ball and all the debutantes and they're all, you know, vying to get the Duke's hand.
0: And while they're talking at that end of the table, um, Adil is at the other end of the table and he is getting interrogated by the fathers about what he would contribute to their line. Um, And he's like, that is not why I'm here. (laughs) He does not want to hear it. Um, and he kind of changes the subject and starts asking them about how, how it is that they're all Abigail's fathers. (laughs) And, um, they tell him that they all contributed the best of themselves to make her. And Adele's like, still confused about it. And he's like, all at the same time. (laughs) And then one of them just starts laughing and is like, whatever the general wants.
1: Now, this is the part where I was just, I was driven to distraction. I was like, what does he mean? Like, (laughs) I get, you know, having a little fun all together, but you're saying that physiologically you all contributed to Abigail's DNA. That is different. And I feel like I need that
2: explained. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. It's like if they all slept together at the same time and she doesn't theoretically know. Which one was the father? They can all say they contributed to her because they all raised her. And they could have been the sperm donor. They don't know.
0: But I they just... seem very like adamant that they all are her fathers and they all genetically contributed something.
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's so... like, explain this
2: work, this sex work.
0: <laughs> right. Like, what magic is at work here to make
2: this happen? Maybe there is some magic. Maybe there's a spell where all three of them could have been her father. And then I wonder, like
1: and what one thing that's funny is that Adil, he doesn't even know like he's just as confused as I am as a viewer. Like he's like, wait, what? What? What are you saying? And I was just like, Yeah, Adil, like get to the get to the you know, the nitty gritty, not the nitty gritty, you know, that that's their business. I'm talking about the actual to science. I, just <laughs> I want the science yeah. part.
0: Yeah, I don't need to see it. I just want the science. <laughs> but, like Abigail has three dads. Like if she get it from her mama was a person, it is Abigail Bellwether. So the dads continue interrogating Adil, and uh, Petra arrives and thanks everyone for coming. She sees Adil and asks Abigail if there's anything they need to talk about. Like, rude, again. Like, why is everybody being rude to this man?
2: (laughs) (laughs) They don't know him.
0: I like, Patrick knows who he is. <laughs> like all these all his people just died in a crane, plane crash. Can you cut Patrick the case? Patrick doesn't
2: life? even like him. <laughs> He's not military.
0: <laughs> uh, back with Scylla. Um, she's taken Tiffany to Willa collar, and uh, Willa asks her if asks Tiffany if she remembers anything about where the Cambria took her. And Tiffany says there were other kids there, and it smelled like dog food. Um, So Willa does something and she can see into her mind and uh, as she's talking and she sees that they're keeping the kids in cages inside a vet's office. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's bad enough for you to be targeting witches as a whole, but then you're taking children.
2: Yeah. And keeping them in cages.
1: These types always go for the most most vulnerable.
0: hmm So I'm like, is nobody questioning these random murders? Cause I'm assuming that every time they take one of these children, they kill the parents like they did Tiffany's parents. Right. There's That's a whole a good point. killing spree happening and like where you know, you would think all the other authorities would be looking into this, not just the military.
1: Especially because it's, like, specifically throats being cut out. So that's, like, a serial killer kind of, you know, thing.
0: Right.
2: Maybe since it's so spread out, they're not noticing a pattern.
0: Either that or the Camarilla have really deep pockets.
2: Yeah.
1: Keeping it out of, you know, the public eye. Which isn't, you know, I guess it's not too far off. I mean, our own uh, (laughs) repressive... (laughs) uh, folks in our country have ties to the highest forms of government.
0: In this session, um, Tally and Ray are still with Quinn and Ray is asking Quinn if she was there when her mom died. Um, she says no. And she talks about, about the, um, mines that they had to deal with, which was, um, and the mines were weaponized pushing in bottles of course that triggers Tally because that's Nikta's work. Um, So Tally starts asking questions about when the bottle started showing up and Quinn tells her like 1994 in Sudan, and then things got worse and it wasn't just bottles anymore. There were other objects. Um, But at that point, Quinn kind of quickly changes the subject and uh, Ray and Tally head back to her house. Um, and as they're walking, Tally's kind of, like, the gears are going, and she's thinking about everything she just learned, and she figures out that Nikta is the person who created the spree. Which I think we had been kind of leaning towards that since the first vision, sort of, yeah. definitely the vision where she used that bottle for the first yeah. time. yeah. Uh, And we cut back to the cabin where Jonas was and he is now being strapped to a chair and he looks terrified. Um, The mystery woman with the hoodie is finally revealed to be Nicta. And that was not surprising at all. (laughs) I feel like uh, Jonas is starting to realize what a terrible decision he made here
2: you still committed
0: <laughs> like it's too late to turn back now I guess so, Tally and Ray are in Rael's room and um, Tally comes in and she tells her that she tried to call Abigail but uh, she was told that Abigail is unavailable at a dinner event by their butler and um, they talk about Nikta and Alder and Tally is just talking about how you know what if I can change things I don't know how she expects to do that but okay go tally <laughs> go tally
2: <laughs> it's power of belief
0: <laughs> like in hindsight maybe she is not the right person to watch abigail because you kind of go off on a tangent yourself like <laughs> <No>! but... <laughs>
1: they are they have no impulse control that is the unit's kind of <laughs> uh, across the board
0: they need a whole different supervisor.
1: <laughs> and Acosta <laughs> a is you know, kicking ass and taking names somewhere else, so they really have have been running amok all season. <laughs> yeah, they,
0: they need somebody else to rein them in, because <laughs> they are out of control. Back at Abigail's house, Abigail's other prospects are, like, questioning a deal and trying to size him up, and it, they don't feel like he can compete with them. Um, but Gregorio jumps in and defends him. And um, while he's with the other recruits, Abigail is sitting with her Aunt Edith and Petra and her grandmother Minerva, and they're discussing her prospects, and Abigail is just not in this conversation at all. She's just there. Uh, she says something under her breath and then like tells Petra that she could use some sleep um, but Petra's like, sure, you're excused after you tell us who you picked. And like, she hasn't even had time to think about it. Not <laughs> right. to think about it. Like, she doesn't want to think about it. But like, <laughs> you didn't even give her a chance. Like, yeah, so She's trying to get out of it. And she says that she needs more time. Um, they end up arguing about the Camarilla and Petra tells Abigail that like not doing her duty brings shame on all Bellwethers going back to Jim. Like it's always about Jim,
2: right? You have to be so mean, God! Everybody's so <laughs> mean in this family. <laughs> <laughs> Can you say something in a nice way?
0: <laughs> no, nope. Charville, you're a failure. <laughs> <laughs> Minerva has had enough of their nonsense and she is like telling Petra like stop admonishing that girl for things she hasn't even done yet Um, and then she like gets Petra to shut up by telling her that like she promised her a bill with her at the top so what happened to
1: that right I was like woof
2: what happened to that Petty (laughs) (laughs) this family (laughs) right (laughs) They cut that the white they whenever they talk. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? Was she supposed to kill Alder? Well, what was going to happen?
0: <laughs> Minerva doesn't care. You promised her a bell with her. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> and you did not deliver. I like how Edith just stayed out of the whole thing. She was like, I ain't in it. I'm not saying not anything.
1: Right. Just a smart, smart <laughs> person.
0: Edith was like, I'm just chill over here by the fire. <laughs> my my <laughs> business. <laughs> um, but finally, Abigail gets an encouraging word. Um, Minerva tells her to follow that fire in her eyes until the end of the earth and to not let anyone stop her and to make her mark, not hers, not her mother's, and not Jim's
2: those um, feel right on top of that fire
0: yeah I feel like it was encouraging but also the wrong thing to say
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like one of the things I liked about it was I feel like even as she was like cutting into um into Petra I think she was kind of like remembering like I put so much pressure on Petra to be like and shaped her and Petra's doing the same exact thing with Abigail but you know, that thing that grandparents do where they just like do as I say, not as I do kind of thing where they're like, no, let the baby have fun, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, she's she's saying that for Abigail. She's like, let Abigail be free. But she knows she ran, you know, her daughters this exact same way that Petra's doing right now. Cause where else she get it from.
0: Exactly. Like it was very like, I know I was hard on you but leave that baby alone. Yes. <laughs> Abigail walks out, and then her and Adil are walking hand in hand through the family grove to try to find uh, Charvel's tree. And they get there, and he tells her that she might want to look away, but she's like, no, I need to see it. Um, So he uses his work to bring Charvel's arm up out of the ground, and he gets some of her blood out of one of the roots. And then Abigail tells him it's time to hunt.
2: She's so really, we should have been, like, the voice of reason here, but, like, he's just going <laughs> along with it. <laughs> he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> <sighs> now yes, Adil <laughs> is spiraling. <laughs> now
0: Adil is spiraling, too, and it's just bad. <laughs> like, there's nobody to check this. <laughs> so, back in the session, um, Tally is begging Rayle to sing a song, and she promises to never tell Abigail, which, like, That's never going to happen. You're going to tell her as soon as you see her, Tally. Um, So Raelle agrees and she starts playing her guitar and singing and you see Edwin listening from the other room. Um, And Tally sees Edwin and takes that opportunity to go for a walk after Raelle finishes the song so they can talk alone. And, you know, Edwin knows, so he asks Rael what's eating at her, and she tells him about how she fought with her mom before she left on her last mission, and, you know, she thinks that that's what was on her mom's mind when she died. And Edwin, being the amazing father that he is, tells her that, like, there's nothing she could possibly do that would break her bond with her mom. I love Edwin Collar, and I wish they had more...
2: Oh, yeah, my God, I love him so much.
1: He's, like, my favorite. He's, like, low-key, like, you know, because he's not, you know, he's not a big character. They don't show him much, but, like, he just makes me very happy every time I see him. Like, he just has this, like, warmth to him and this realness to him that I really, really love.
0: Yeah. I would like more scenes with Edwin.
1: Yeah, Same.
0: Like some flashbacks. I would I would like to get like a flashback of all of them together, like when Willa was still there. Just to see what that family dynamic was like when she was in the house, also. So we go back to the cabin where Nicta is watching Alder's every move on a screen, and Alder and Anacostia are down in the lab with Isadora. And she said, has a sample of the uh, witch plague from the train attack. And she demonstrates how it behaves by putting a drop of blood into the tank of water with the plague. And then she tells them that you know it can self-replicate. and like as long as it can sense which blood, it's going to move toward it. And that it really doesn't have any kind of limit.
1: Wow. Yeah, it's pretty frightening.
0: Yeah, that's terrifying. Like any, any drop of witch blood, so it can seek out even the people who don't know they're witches and attack. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Camrya yeah. has scientists on their side.
0: Yeah,
2: they they have real deep pockets. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, Isadora tells Alder that she doesn't know how to stop it at this point, and um, Alder tells her that that's her top priority from now on. Um, so we get back to Nycta, and Nycta is melting down her military metal in the crucible. And then she picks it up and starts pouring the molten metal down Jonas's throat.,
1: Whoa, this is horrible. It was just too much. I was like, "Are you mm. kidding me right now?" <laughs> it's just so gruesome.
0: I'm sorry. There is no cause that I'm going to sacrifice for that. I'm going to let you, you do crazy? that. Are
1: <laughs> crazy? <laughs> Absolutely. You are so. I was like, "What?" Because there's so many ways you could kill somebody, and it doesn't require molten. Couldn't he just take a sleep a bunch of
2: sleeping pills? Like, why? What- <laughs> I think it has to get? be extreme measures. To kill Alder. And I'm just like. To ask you to do that. What kind of organization. To ask you to do that. (laughs) Right. I feel like she was.
0: Very pointedly trying to destroy. Alder's ability to use work. By going for a throat like that. But like. I just don't know. Like who you could recruit. (laughs) That would volunteer (laughs) for this. Like I'm not. There is no cause that is going to let you I mean, make medieval me let you torture do this.
1: Is what we're asking for. No, thank yeah. you. No, no, thank you.
0: Not volunteering for that under any circumstances. <laughs> um, so she does that, and Alder's throat starts to burn along with the biddies because they're connected. Um, and Alder is in pretty bad shape at the end of this, but she survived because the her connection with the biddies allowed them to take on some of the damage.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, so that's another thing that I'm not volunteering for is being a biddy. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, absolutely not.
1: <laughs> that's she- also horrifying in a different way.
0: Yeah. Like, I thought it was horrifying enough that they're basically giving up their whole lives and reducing their lifespan to, like, a few years just to keep Alder alive. But now, like, so when something happens to Alder, they also take that on, which makes it even more horrifying.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But she uses one of the biddies to talk through And she talks to Anacostia and asks her to stay with her. And meanwhile, Scylla and Willa are at the vet's office and they manage to get in, but they don't see the children that they were looking for. Um, Willa ends up finding a hidden door behind a bookcase and they go down. And it's obvious that the kids were there because the cages are there but they're all empty and uh, they realize that they're too late and the Camarilla have, has moved them. Um, so they're looking around trying to find some clues on where the Camarilla might've taken the kids. And Scylla finds a picture of Raelle on the wall. And it's clear that the Camarilla are after her now too. Um, so back in the session, Ray is being nice for once and <laughs> she takes the uh, soldiers that are tasked with keeping an eye on her. Um, she takes them some hot drinks and snacks. And while she's out there, the Camarilla attack. Um, so they very easily take out the soldiers that were supposed to be protecting her. And Rey is like, maybe you should get behind me, um, which she was probably right about that. But they managed to hit rail with a tranquilizer dart before she can use the witch mom and Tally sees this happen, and she comes running out, trying to help. Um, but they hit her with one, two, And the last thing she sees before she passes out is Rayel being carried into the van and the Camarilla taken off with her.
1: That Those um, guards or whatever were so trash, my goodness. <laughs> they were!
0: <laughs> so <laughs> ineffective. Like, how did they take you out that easily?
1: There was no point to you. They needed you need
2: some drink darts. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you don't have anything to go against drink darts?
0: <laughs> right. Like, How you it in the military? <laughs> like, you can use like wind shear to like stop the darts in midair or something. Right. What do you have? What are your skills exactly? But that is all for this episode. Um, what were your favorite scenes in this one?
1: Definitely the dinner with the dads.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Adela said um, how they court their women. They go on long walks. <laughs> we're pacifists. And everybody looked at them like, what? <laughs> what is <laughs> pacifist? <this? laughs> exactly. Like they don't even know what that
1: <laughs>
0: All the military guys are like, what? We don't understand this. What are you saying?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Speak English, please. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it.
0: You'll have to tell me what it's like. <laughs> I think my favorite scene is like when Minerva first enters the dining room and everybody stands. And then she immediately takes the chance to take a dig at Petra and's like, This isn't your personal drop zone, Petty.
1: (laughs) 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 Just that whole dinner was amazing.
2: (laughs) I mean, growing up with that as mother, I can understand why Petra is the way she is.
1: Yes, absolutely. Like, it's like, Oh, I get it now.
2: Yeah.
0: Minerva is on her neck all the time. (laughs) (laughs)
1: she <laughs> lives there
0: <laughs> like so that's why you do this to Abigail but that is it for our recaps of episodes 5 and 6 of Motherland Fort Salem season 2 Um, As always, if you'd like to support, please subscribe, rate, review, or share the show on social media. And uh, if you have questions and comments, they can be sent to at It's Recap Madness on Instagram and Twitter. Or you can hit us up by email at recapmadness at gmail.com. We will see you next week for episodes seven and eight. Hurrah! Hi!